today and next Sunday, finishing out just just some messages that I've just entitled for simplicity, connections. Um, we just un- understanding some things about connections. I think sometimes we live in a society, you know, I, 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 I think I use those words a lot, just about every message, that uh, talking about the society that we live in. How many think I use that a lot? Yeah, I say that a lot. I need to come up with some new words. <laughs> but but I'm going I'm I'm to use it again because people relate to it. We live in a society in, 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 in this time that has a lot of different ideas. Our society's got all types of different ideas. And, um, you know, I, I, I find... Um, I find a lot of Christians, and I found this in, in my 40 plus years of salvation, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I got saved when I was, right before I turned 18 years old, about two months before my 18th birthday, it really messed up my high school graduation, my salvation did, but, um, no, it really saved me is what it did, but um, I, you know, in the last 40 plus years, I come across a lot of people that um, are timid, I guess is the right word, in sharing things with other people. Um, and a lot of times people are afraid, actually, to share anything about God or about Jesus with other people because of the fear of pushing them away or they won't receive it, you know? And, you know, the first few years of my salvation, I just, I mean, I was, I was plugged in, you know? I mean, I was, I was all in. Both feet, both hands, my head, my whole body, I was in, man, you know? And uh, I was the first one saved in my family. That, that I mean, in my you know, the family that I knew, I was the first one saved. Um, and when they heard me coming around, man, they'd run. I mean, that, my family lived with their tennis shoes on. They slept with them on because if they heard I was coming to town or if there was a, they, they got to where they wouldn't invite me to family reunions because of, you know, what I would do and what I'd share and, you know, I'd preach at all of them and I, I mean, I scared my sister one day. I was, she lived in Houston. She was a bartender. And she told me that there's no way that Jesus could love her and accept her because of who she was, you know. And, and I, you know, I was trying to convince her of that. And, and uh, these people from some other type of religion came to her front door. And uh, she told me, she said, uh, well, it's these, it's these, these people that knock on doors, and, and, but they're, they're not really Christians. They're some other religion. And I went to the front door and asked him a few questions and then I started yelling and screaming at him, commanded the devil to come out of him and all kinds of stuff. And my sister was like freaking out and these people were like running down the street and I was chasing them down the street. And, and I, I'm surprised the cops didn't come after me and arrest me, you know, if I, I, was, I was a nut, you know. But I was a nut for Jesus. I mean, I thought I was. But what I realized was that all that stuff that I was learning and that was on the inside of me was a conviction of mine, but that didn't mean other people had that, you know? And 
So progressively over time, I begin to tone down in such a way that I could, my life and, and the things that were working in my life, people could kind of come in my presence and not be vomited on about the gospel, but just be accepted. See, if people don't feel accepted in your presence, they'll never want what you have. And, you know, church life, the church has preached about salvation and people getting saved for years and years. And that's been what the church has been about for the most part. Um, Segments of it have been about like what we talk about, like discipleship and training people and those kind of things. But what, what really, and this is what I'm going to talk about today, what's really important is that the people that are, stay, are saved, that they stay saved. <clears throat> that could create some controversy right there. You mean, you mean I could lose my salvation, Pastor? I didn't say that. I just said, stay in a life, stay in a world, and, and, and keep your life where you're saved, you know it, and you want to be, and you're living a life where other people are getting saved because of your life. I feel like that the church's responsibility as a corporate whole, a setting like this today, is more about encouraging people that are saved to stay saved and stay committed and stay built up as much as it is seeing other people come into the kingdom. And I believe that one of the three parts of who you are, you're, you are a spirit, you have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. That's who we are individually. Most people don't know that. Most Christians don't even understand the three parts. But today we're going to talk about the part of the soul that needs ministry. And you, you can be a person that's in the Word day and night. You pray day and night. Um, you're working out every day. Your physical body's being strengthened and all these kind of things. But you spend no time with people. You spend no time connecting with individuals. And what happens is that third part of you wants to, wants to begin to, to eat away almost like acid. It wants to eat away at what you're doing spiritually and what you're doing physically if your soul is not ministered to. If you, if you don't take some kind of a vacation on a yearly basis, some kind. Doesn't have to be five weeks, or you know, doesn't have to be two weeks. It doesn't even have to be a whole week. And you might split it up, taking, you know, my my wife and I like to take a little bit of time together, but like in shorter increments of time, like several times in a year. But if you're not doing something like that, where you have where you have a disconnect from all the responsibilities of life, and you say, well, you know, I, I just can't afford it. You can't afford not to. I mean, your 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 disconnect may be taking the whole day going down to the Guadalupe and sitting on the side of the river and doing nothing except just, just vegging out and, and, and connecting with the people that are closest to you or whatever, something like that. It doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to. It's good sometimes that you spend some money on yourself and enjoy yourself and things that are going on, but it doesn't have to be. 
But everybody needs time to refresh and renew their soul. Everybody needs it. If you don't do it, you need to do it. Look at the person sitting next to you and said, Pastor's talking to you. <clears throat> you need to do it. Now, this, this isn't a message on vacations, okay? <clears throat> but how, what, what has to happen in the world of the church to keep people safe? Now, here's an interesting verse of Scripture that, you know, when I came into the kingdom, I mean, man, people fought over this verse. They fought all about this. Lord, have mercy. And actually, um, actually, it is what it actually says it is, and it's found in Philippians chapter 2. I don't think I gave you this verse, but I want to read it anyway. I was thinking about it as we were in worship. But it's, it's uh, the 12th verse of Philippians chapter 2. And um, it says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Develop it. Part of your salvation is the saving of your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. For you to be saved or born again, you had to be born a second time. If you're sitting here today, which you are, you were born one time. You were born of the flesh. But to be born of the Spirit is something different. It's a second birth, and it's a spiritual connection and birth where your spirit, your human spirit, and God's spirit become one. You become born again born a second time and God created every human being on planet earth I don't care what else they believe if we believe the Bible and that's what we teach here then every human being on planet earth that's ever lived or ever will live was created to be born a second time and to be born a second time takes a belief system you didn't have to have a belief system to be born the first time. You had no say whatsoever over it. This one, you're the one in charge. You have to have a say. And if your mind thinks all kinds of other crap, you will never get born a second time. And if you're never born a second time, then the rest of what I'm talking about today means nothing. But once you're born a second time, you have to work this salvation thing out by having your soul renewed. The salvation he's talking about right here, if you go back and read before and after in this passage, he's talking about the soul. If you don't work out your thinking and the way you think and the way you process things, if you don't work that out and begin to develop it through the Word of God and you stay on it, Things will never change. Nothing will ever change. Today, in what we're talking about regarding the connect groups at Gates of the City, this message is not to put you on some kind of guilt trip if you don't sign up for one. And I wouldn't say that except, how, 
I've had so many people at different times through the years make that comment. I have never even thought that. If you don't sign up for a connect group, what does that do to me? That does absolutely nothing. What I want you to do is to believe in it. Because you'll do, you'll sign up, and you'll get behind anything you believe in. If what I'm sharing with you today doesn't resonate with you, forget it. Don't do it. But what I'm sharing with you today is something I believe in and the importance of people coming together and being the church of Jesus Christ that we were created to be. And to be that, those parts, we have to flow together in spite of each other, in spite of our differences. So today, I'm just going to run through and share with you just, a, just over the next 20, 25 minutes, 30, 35, 40, 45, over the next little bit. No, I'm just you. Um, I'm just going to share with you several verses of Scripture that, that kind of drive home my point. Because I, I want to say this as I read this verse of Scripture found in Proverbs 29 and the 18th verse. <clears throat> And I want to say this. You can get born again. Listen to me when I say this. You can get born of the Spirit of God. And you can grow in God. You can come to church and you hear the word. You're excited. All those kind of things. You can take, connect, equip classes. You can listen and meditate and take an intensive and those kind of things. And you get some revelation in your life. But if you don't stay with it, if you don't stay connected, you realize you could be born again, but you can be talked out of this life of salvation. You can be talked out of it. And we're here, and the reason that we continue to be here, next year we celebrate 30 years of pastoring this church, same church, for 30 years. Huh? How good is that? Huh? that that's awesome. Come on, give God a hand for that. And the only reason, as my wife said earlier, the only reason that we've been able to withstand the pressure and the things that have come against us like they come against everybody, those two illustrations that she gave out of uh, whatever that is, Matthew somewhere, 8, 7, or 8 or something, those illustrations, it talked about the same storm coming against both foundations. The only reason that you can withstand storms or difficulties in life is because of your foundation. But I promise you, I promise you, I know hundreds of people that have been talked out of their salvation. And if you don't stay with the word and you don't stay committed and stay connected, you will be talked out of it and you will drift into another world. You can be born again, but you know, I don't believe that anymore and I don't believe that anymore and I don't believe that. It shouldn't be that you don't believe something anymore. It should be that you increase past what you believed. Yeah, I believe that, but you know what? I've tweaked that, and now I'm seeing it like this and this. and Not like, well, I just don't believe that stuff anymore. You were talked out of it. If you're not coming on Wednesday nights, we're doing a series right now on the voice of God. You need to come hear it. Or if you can't make it on Wednesday nights, you need to listen to it online. Because I tell you what, we're sharing some things about the voice of God. I'll just give you this little piece. The voice of God reveals the mind of Christ. Man. Man. You need to write that down and meditate on it frontwards and backwards the rest of the week. 
The voice of God reveals the mind of Christ, the thinking. We need to think like him instead of thinking like anybody else. And I promise you, if you're not learning and developing on a daily basis to think like him, you will be talked out of this salvation thing. And yet, you can still be born again and being talked out of the truths of the word. See, see a lot of people, well, you know, they, they don't have the fruit. Well, they don't have the fruit because they have no revelation of the word. Because they quit and gave up. Or they started it, they started a little bit here, but the enemy came and he stole all that stuff, and now he's convinced them. Now, now people are believing the voices of the enemy instead of learning and developing, learning how to believe the voice of God. Where did I tell you to go? Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. That's what I'm talking about. Happy is he, happy is he who keeps the word and stays with the word and stays connected. Otherwise, you'll cast off restraints. And I promise you, when you become the God of your life, hello, boom, we're looking for I mean, going over the side of a cliff, you cannot trust yourself without God. God made you, and he did not make you to be the God of your life. He's the God, and he got to be God, or it ain't happening. And however many years you've lived your life to this point, without God and understanding how to develop a real relationship with him, you just start today. Some people think, well, I've lived so long, and now look at me, and I, I, there's no way I can't catch up. There's nothing to catch up. You just start picking it up right now. I promise you, some people that maybe have lived 50 years of their life, and all of a sudden they get this revelation, they do something with it. Someone else got born again when they were 10, and they were excited about it for a season, but they gave up on it, and now they're 50 years old. Someone that's been saved for six months can have more revelation than somebody that's been born again for 30 years. That's just the way it works. What are you doing with what you're getting? No pressure. Don't compare yourself to the next person. I don't care where you came from, what you look like, what the color of your skin is, or anything else. There's no... There's no uh, F, the, the, there's no, uh, what am I trying to say? Ah, come on, stop it. Uh, no. Um, there's no race in the body of Christ. There's two races of people on planet earth. The saved and those that aren't saved yet. And the saved are here to be examples so that the not saved yet get saved. Because God's not satisfied until everybody comes in. And listen, you People are not going to come in because you preach at them and tell them what they're doing is wrong. Come on. Man, that's, that, that God is not a real God. Only my God's a real God. Listen, that's, that can be true if that's what you believe because the Bible says that. There's only one God. But don't go telling everybody else that. What leads people that don't know God to God? Kindness, love. Just be their friend. Just accept people. Just be nice. Come on. Man, we live in a world where there's no nice anywhere. Turn on the news, everybody's ugly. Huh? Everybody's mad at this. Talking bad about this one. They did this to me. I mean, can anybody in here stand listening to like, you know, I don't know, 
Fox News and two people going at it? You know, or having a panel of people and they're all fighting and I'm thinking, what am I listening to this for? I could spend that, this quality time that I'm listening to these people arguing bicker over something that they're never going to come to a conclusion about. In fact, you know, the host is going to cut them off because they only got 30 seconds. And they're mad and angry and yelling and screaming and doing what? I mean, I just said Fox News because that's usually, I'll turn that on or whatever. But it doesn't matter CNN or any of the news channels. And, and you get these people together. Why? Because they'll never come into agreement because you'll only come into agreement with God and who God is and the revelation of his word. That's why we need to know this. That's why church is so important. We're here to help people keep their salvation the salvation of their soul, not keeping their salvation of their spirit. If you're born again, you're born again, okay? If you lose your salvation spiritually, it's because you reject it. That's my belief. That's what I find in the Word. Remember, anything that I'm telling you about today, if we can't back it up with a word, throw it out. Amen? I don't care who it is. So people, they've got to want to get saved. They've got to want what we have. So we've got to be creative people. We've got to have creative ideas about how to be a blessing to other people in ways that, that God wants us to. And that's one of the things about connect groups that are good because you step out and connect with somebody that maybe you wouldn't normally connect with. And I promise you, you'll find things out. You'll either not like them even worse or you'll get things from them that are just amazing. See, but both, in both cases, you got to do that by faith. You have to do it by faith. You have to step out and say, you know what, I'm just going to join that. I notice so-and-so's on there, I don't know, you know. You have an attitude, but you know what you, you, know what you say about those kind of things? Over the last probably 30 years of my life, my challenge has always been, I want the difficult people. The ones that nobody else said, oh, you, know, you don't want to mess with them. No, that's who I want. And I've seen... Time and time and time and time again, usually after about two to five to seven to eight years, I see people come into the kingdom. I always have a top ten list of people that don't believe anything about God whatsoever, and I'm just loving them, just loving them. But when the day comes, see, I'm not afraid to share. You understand? I'm not one that's holding back. I'm listening to the voice of God. God knows what they need. Some people, I'll come in their presence, and I know that I know that I know I need to share some things about what it really means to be, uh, uh, to be born again because a lot of people have loved them, and they've sown seed into them, but they've been too afraid to share anything with them. So I'm not afraid. I'm going to share. We have to learn to, to share at the right time. But it's not vomiting on them. It's sharing things with them that they're open and ready to receive, and God knows that. That's why we've got to hear God about it. But until you know something about other people, just love them. Just be kind. Find somebody. When you leave today, you may go to a restaurant or you may do something or go to the store or see somebody somewhere. Find somebody and you know what? I'm going to keep coming back. That's what I do. I'll go to a convenience store. I'll go through a Starbucks drive-thru or do something, you know, and, and I want to, and I just keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. I had a guy at Starbucks years ago and, and for five years, five years, I spent no more than two minutes a day with him, whatever days I went through the drive-thru. And he wasn't there all the time. And any time I'd see him, we'd, we'd just talk and talk and talk. And one year, three, four, five years in, whatever it was, what do you do? What do you do? I said, oh, I just deal with people. And he goes, like, what? I said, well, I'm a pastor. And, I mean, just tears started coming down his face. Because you know what happened? He'd been in a situation in church growing up 
been burned, been hurt, been whatever. And, and if, I'd, if I'd have shared, tried to shove the gospel down his throat right then, he'd have pushed me away. He'd have probably shot me, you know. He, he didn't want to hear anything. But he saw my life for four or five years, whatever it was, and he wanted it. He got born again. You know, what, what he did is he just rededicated his life. He was already, he was still born again. But what happened was circumstances drifted him away and he wasn't holding on and keeping and developing his salvation in his soul. So his thinking drifted and all of a sudden he had weird ideas. And yet he had never forgot the day that he got born again. In my book, I believe the man was born again. He just drifted because of circumstances and people and situations like that. And there's all kinds of people in your and my world that are just like that. And we got to love them. We've got to accept them. And one of the things about connect groups is when you come here, well, our connect groups are not just with people in the body, but people you invite to, to come from the outside that may not want to come to church, but they want to just develop a relationship and get connected together. You know, th those type of things. So let's just be open to that. Amen? Matthew 16. Matthew 16. And... <clears throat> Verse 13. This is the story about Jesus. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? You know, if you get somebody that's never been in church, knows nothing about church, and they come sit in here, and I'm reading scripture, do you think that they're going to sit there and think, oh, wow, that, that makes all the sense in the world. I, I totally understand everything that he... They're not going to understand nothing. They, they, they could be sitting there thinking... What is he reading that stuff for? What, 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 what is it that he's reading? He's reading from his phone, number one. And what did it, where, where did he get all this stuff from? They, they may not even know that there's a Bible. You know, we can't, we can't look at people through our eyes. We have to look at people through God's eyes. Because God knows where people are, you know? So when I'm reading this passage of Scripture right here, you may think you know this, but you need to grow in what I'm fixing to say to you right now about this one passage of Scripture. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men, who do people out there say that I am? And they, 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 several of them said, they, well, one said, you're John the Baptist. Or one said, you're one of the prophets, or this, this person or that person. But then he said, who do, you, who do you guys think I am? And see, these guys hadn't been around very long and didn't know a whole lot. And you know, Peter, I mean, Peter always put his foot in his mouth, but he, he's sitting there thinking, well, uh, might as well say this. You know, or whatever he, he said, but what he said, he said it out of a conviction because Jesus knew that it was a conviction, right? And, and he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, you know what? You're blessed, Peter. He said, you're blessed, and on this rock is what I'll build my church with that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. What is that that he's going to build the church with? He's going to build the church with revelation of who God is. That's what church is about. He's building his church. We just want to be involved in what he's building. Because if you're not a disciple of Jesus, if you're not being discipled by the word, he can't use you in his church if you're not thinking like him. He's not going to build a church like, you know, uh, Hollywood would be satisfied with. Now, to get to Hollywood, you got to break it down and you got to create other different types of packages and, and present it in a different way because of a lot of their thinking, but their thinking still has to change and come to the revelation of what the Word says. You understand? But he will not build his church with undiscipled people. And he said, blessed are you, Peter. 
Flesh and blood didn't reveal this, but my Father in heaven, and on this rock I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. One of the benefits of being in church, one of the benefits of connecting with other people in the body is that we're coming together, all the parts coming together and being who we were created to be. Can you say amen? Hebrews 10 and verse 23, and I'm going to read this in the NIV. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 and verse 23. He said, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. One of the good way, let us think of the ways to motivate each other. Well, think about being in connect groups and you're getting to know people, and, and you know, what people at, at Gates connect groups a lot of times talk about is the word. I mean, you may be sitting, you may be doing something, you may have games and you be, be but whatever, whatever it is, there's a work connect and, and, and project connect and those kind of things, but you may be doing things uh, it, it, with, in the connect groups, but ultimately you're developing friendships to where you can talk about the word. Because right here he says, he said, um, and let us not, verse 25, well, verse 24 again says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some do. Let us not neglect coming together like we are as some people do. People neglect it. Why? Because they don't think they need it. You know, th there's times in, in people's lives when they did everything to be in church every single time. Then, then they, started, they started listening to other voices and thinking this was more important and that was more important. And, and, well, I don't really need to do this or I really don't need to do that. And the more you do that, you start straying and you start thinking like the enemy wants you to think and you begin to devalue and underestimate the power of the spoken word and what the spoken word will do and accomplish in your life. See, you'll, you, you begin to underestimate those things. God does never want you to underestimate the power of the spoken word or the coming together and fellowshipping together as some do. Say, that's not me. I'm not one of those do. I'm one of them do that do. Amen? That show up and, and stay and remain apart even at times when I actually don't want to. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. His return is drawing near. It's been drawing near for 2,000 years, but it's still drawing near. Amen? And, and, and the more that it's drawing near and the closer we're getting to that, encourage people to stay connected. That's what connect groups are about, to stay connected. Can you say amen to that? Um, so, today I, I'm going to end with this and I'm going to leave you with the purpose that I see of connect groups. I'm going to leave you that at the end of what, what I'm going to share right here. But I, I want to read 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to read it in the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read a few verses here and make a, a couple of different comments. But this pretty much sums up the way God sees all of us today. 
here sitting in this place. Some of you are connected to this body. Some of you are considering being connected to this body. Some of you are just considering. Amen? And uh, in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians, of 1 Corinthians 12, the ver, uh, verse 12, it says this, and I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So you think about the physical body, and then you think about the body of Christ. It's, he's comparing. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, some are, you know, some are this group or that group or this, uh, has this background or that background, but we but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. See, because my human spirit and your human spirit are one with the one spirit. So I'm connected with him, but we're connected with him. You're connected with him, but we're connected with him. See? So there are things, and well, no, uh, I'm not going to say that. I'll just let the scripture say it. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? What's the answer to that question? Absolutely not. If the whole body, verse 17... If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was an, were an ear, how would you smell something? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Many parts, but only one body. So consider yourself a part, but there's only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, physically and also where the church is concerned. Because we're talking about the physical body parts and the parts of the body of Jesus Christ. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. Verse 24. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. The verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Each of you are a part of that body. So, in this passage of Scripture, I'm just boiling that. You could, we could talk about 45 different topics, but I'm just bringing it to this point. And I'll read this verse again. <clears throat> I 
Verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot, can't say to the feet that I don't need you. And in everything that I just read right there, I want you to catch this. One of the reasons socially that we need to connect is because one of the devil's playgrounds, one of his arenas, are you being isolated and being by yourself. That's when he can talk to you. Have you, have you ever had a really bad day? You've been by yourself and things happened or whatever, and you get a phone call from somebody, or you go somewhere and you see someone else, and you come home different? Has that ever happened? I mean, I mean I, I'm asking you truthfully, has that ever happened to anybody? Where you just got around someone else and the environment kind of changed. Well, there's something about that because what happens is there's so many voices out there that the enemy uses to try to discourage you and, and, and discredit things in your life and discredit you and make you feel a certain way and cause you to drift away from the things of God. There's so many voices out there that you've got to be around people of like precious faith. And when you come to connect groups, which the connect groups will be mostly people from the church or whatever, but it'll, there'll be a few other people, but those other people need to see that church people quote, actually get along because we work at it. Church people won't get along and they don't get along if you don't work at it. You know why? Because not everybody's going to do everything the way I want it. And in spite of one another, we're going to, by faith, learn to live with each other. And that's what the world needs. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Dang, that's pretty good. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Not just, not, just, not just some people, but everybody does. And some of the people that you think you don't like, they need some love. Some of the Christians in the, in, in the church world or whatever that you don't necessarily like being around, you've never tried it. See what will happen. Make yourself go sign up for a connect group. Again, this isn't a push to sign up for the connect group or, you know, everybody's going to be mad at you. I'm saying step out because there's some things God wants to do in you and deliver you of that can happen in soulish connections with other people that will make things really good. You know, there, some of the connects are... Uh, or dinners where you, where you, you dinner and game, or, or, or I don't know what, what, what all they are. And, and you get, you, you think, well, I'm going to go and eat dinner with somebody that, that I don't really even like to look at or whatever. Uh, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what can happen across the dinner table and how if you go with an expectation to see things change, you know, and shut down these thoughts that the enemy's been telling you about someone else, man, it's amazing what can happen. Can you say amen to that? So, my encouragement today, okay, is to understand the importance of connection with people of like precious faith. And this is my purpose that I'm giving to you today, okay? I was giving it to our people in the back so they could put it on the screen, and I forgot. So, this is our purpose. This is the purpose of Connect Groups. To build and to fill this church and connect people to the will 
and the plan of God at gates and in their own lives. I'm going to read it again. The purpose of connect groups are to build and fill the church and connect people to the will and the plan of God at gates and their own personal lives. Because gates of the city, do I need to read that one more time? <clears throat> purpose of connects is to build and fill the church and connect people to the will and the plan of God at gates and their own personal lives. That's the purpose. To connect people to the will and the plan of God at gates and their own personal lives. See, the, the, the church is a gathering. And you come from your place to this place and you connect. But at your place, you have vision for yourself. When you come to this place, you hear about vision for the house and for the, for the church of Jesus Christ. Well, the truth is that the, that the church vision is, it can only happen when people that have vision bring their vision to the house and see the house vision unfold and their visions unfold. When you connect to something that's greater than you are, you'll see what God's put in you come to pass. If you're the one in charge trying to develop your life and make your life happen, you're not big enough to do that. You need Him. That's why we need each other. Amen? And, and the church is a group of citizens, of individuals, of people that pray for each other, they give to each other, they work with each other, and they connect with each other. That's what the church is and what it's about. It's citizens, individuals, who pray for each other, they give to each other, they work and connect with each other. And the more you learn to do that and remove any type of, of doubt or fear, that you can't do that. Somebody's going to take advantage of you. Somebody's going to do this or somebody's going to want something from you. When you can get rid of those kind of things, then all those parts he talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, all those parts begin to flow together. And then the church becomes what it was created to be. That's the importance of connect groups like this. It's not the only thing. It's just one of the things.